Welcome to our podcast, Constructing Mindsets, discussing the building blocks of our mental health. This podcast is chaired by myself, Hannah Grealish, and this week we are joined by Louise Hetherington and Carlo Coloni, and we're going to talk about anxiety. The purpose of this podcast is to create an open and authentic platform for discussing mental health in the construction industry, how we can remove stigma, provide support, and create a movement for change that puts our mental health first. So with this week, the topic of anxiety, there's lots of different things out there, and I'm sure people have experienced anxiety before. Louise, do you want to give us a sort of an introduction to anxiety? What are the signs and symptoms? Um, and, you know, what are the things to look out for? Yep. so anxiety, like you say, it covers such a wide range um, and it can have various different effects and everyone will experience something slightly different. Um, so those effects can be physical, they can be psychological and they can be behavioural. So we've probably all had some of the psychological effects uh, where we've maybe been a bit restless, we've had some confusion, we've had those worrying thoughts um, and it's when they're kind of ongoing a little bit longer that then perhaps we start reaching into the realm of anxiety. But it can also have some of the behavioural effects, which we may not consider, uh, such as avoiding situations, um, maybe avoiding going to work, avoiding going to social situations, stop seeing friends. Um, and those behaviours, obviously, uh, they're grouped into anxiety because it makes you worry about doing such things. Um, and something people don't necessarily realise is the physical effects that can be part of it. So as well as having the kind of worry about going somewhere or the worry about life events or even just very minor things. You can also have the physical offence such as kind of hyperventilating. Some people get dizzy, headaches. Um, you can also have very physical things which you wouldn't even necessarily relate to mental health such as muscle aches and pains, um, which is quite an unusual one. People don't necessarily connect to their mental health. So it's such a wide-ranging topic that it's one of the ones that's quite hard to diagnose. Um, and we all experience it in quite a minor sense when we have kind of stresses at work. But it's when it gets more serious that then it may fall into an anxiety disorder. Um, and there's scales to measure it, and everyone sits on that scale. Okay, brilliant. So that's sort of a bit about what anxiety is. And today we're really pleased to welcome our first guest on the podcast, Carlo Coloni from CBRE. So, Carlo, thank you for joining us. Um, I know this is a really personal topic to you, and I know that you know you've experienced anxiety in in different forms. So, would you just want to kind of explain your journey, maybe a bit about yourself as well, um, and also why you're kind of here talking about anxiety today? Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm extremely happy to share it because if. Uh, I, for sometimes in my life, I kept my anxiety story for myself, and it didn't go away. So it didn't make any better. And I, so I think that by sharing it and by putting out there, um, my anxiety is actually getting much better. So um, to just give you a quick, um, a quick uh, introduction and story about my life, I was born and raised in Italy. Uh, moved to New York for an exchange program where I lived for um, 18 and a half years and then um, moved for personal reason here to United, to, uh, to London from the United States and um, my anxiety started because in 2015 I suffered from a, a heart attack. The heart attack was due to my lifestyle, was due to um, 
my diets that consistent consistent in um, uh, red meat most of the time because I was a competitive bodybuilder. So I was using um, substances that you know to enhance uh, my performance, and um, I was using actually even other substances. And, and this is what this is what the, the the funny thing, if I can say it funny, is that when people looked at me, they thought that I was the example of health because I was a competitive bodybuilder, so I have a low, a very low body fat. You know, I look tan most of the time, so people thought that my body was, you know, perfect in and out or yeah. healthy in and out. It was actually completely the opposite. Inside was I had high blood pressure. I had my cholesterol. It was you know, around, um, I don't know how to compare, it was like uh, 350 and the natural one should be around 200. Wow. So my blood, yeah, so my blood was very, very thick. Um, my heart was pumping and was uh, enlarged because it was, um, you know, it was forced to pump a very dense blood. And um, one day, you know, well, uh, 1st of December of 2015, my, my heart was just like, yeah, I gave up. So I had a piece of cholesterol stuck in one of my artery, uh, the one that supplies oxygen to the heart. And um, the doctor said that I, I shouldn't be dead. Uh, there was kind of like almost no chance to survive, but I'm here <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that I can tell you the story actually. So. I had to make changes because because otherwise I would have died, period, as simple as that. I started exercising in a way that is actually natural and, and good for your body. But unfortunately, a couple of months after, and I think it started on April 2016, I started suffering from, I didn't know, I started suffering from these attacks that felt and uh, and looked like another heart attack. So the symptoms were tingling and pain in my limbs and my arms, uh, heart rating, you know, skyrocketing. Like somebody was sitting on my chest, I couldn't breathe. And I thought, okay, this is it. You know, it's a second heart attack and, and I'm gonna die. And that. so I ran to the, to the hospital a couple of times already and I didn't quite connect two things and the doctors of course after visiting me said you know you're you're fine and your heart is fine you're doing exercise you're walking you're jogging you lost weight so they say you know you might have something neurological and i quite did not understand what that meant and i realized that you know the problem was mental and not physical so of course the psychiatrist you know prescribed me um uh, medication that uh, it made me feel like I was a an amoeba. I was a you know a vegetable. I didn't feel anything. I didn't react to life. You know, it was I, the anxiety passed and it went completely away. But it wasn't something that I really I didn't like that person. It wasn't something that I really wanted to be. Yeah, I guess you didn't really feel like yourself at that moment in time because you can't feel any emotion, and that's what it blocks off that sort of medication in order to help you not not feel one type of emotion you can't feel anything and it, it's such a shame when medication makes you feel that way completely it was i mean i was explained that actually the medication would change the chemistry in your brain so 
so the 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 composition let's just say of the chemistry of my body was changed through a medication and there as you said that it became a new cartlow yeah and you know i wasn't in love with the first cartlow but i wasn't in love with the second cartlow either i wanted like a middle point never trained my my mind to cope with what happened and to cope with life and to you know to be the best mental person that i can be yeah but the way i face them the way i approach them that i can change and that's that's what meditation was giving me it was giving me a way to just pause take a break take a step back make make space for what it really counts what really counts is me is me in this particular moment without thinking about what happened yesterday and what will happen tomorrow and in that concept i really really liked it having your mind not thinking about everything that happened that day and uh, oh my god what i'm going to do tomorrow it's brilliant it's really relaxing empowering freeing it's great i was just going to pick up on that point i mean sure the so your main the way that you've got over your anxiety and your panic attacks is through meditation and how you're describing meditation i think is a really powerful way of trying to explain it to other people because quite often people have this image that oh meditation you know that's you've got to be cross-legged in a room and you've got to sit there for hours and it's actually not at all you can start by i mean i don't know how you started but you can start by doing you know two minutes a day or you just do once a week and there's various different apps you can use like calm and that can help you meditate headspace and you can actually teach yourself how to meditate whether it's little and often or more often and then also combine that with certain breathing techniques, which I know can be really 100%. helpful. Um, yes. So I don't know, what, what have you found? How did you start on that meditation journey to, to build up to where you are now? I started, as you said, with, with application on my phone. And I used them both, Headspace and Calm. Um, I found that Calm actually was more, uh, was talking to me directly. Because as you said, um, I, I, I rescue a little French bulldog, so I have to take him into long walks um, in parks and, um, and streets, of course, to have him, you know, exercise. Yeah. And Calm uh, has actually a section about anxiety in which you can do by walking. Um, another section you can do by eating while you're eating. Another session you can do before sleeping and all that. So I thought it was a... It, it, you know, it was more practical than anything else. So that's the way I got into into meditation, just by, as you said, by taking two minutes, um, closing my eyes and just breathing. And that's the first thing. And then from there, I moved on. And I don't do, I don't do, you know, hours and hours and hours. I just, I just do like a 15, 20 minutes meditation a day. Yeah. Um, but I like, if, if I had a stressful day, I can meditate by walking from where I work to the bus stop yeah. while I'm walking. Um, I can just go downstairs, you know, and, and sit in a booth for like three minutes and just do some breathing exercise and then go back to, to my desk. I meditate almost anywhere and everywhere. And it's, it's my body now actually asking me to meditate. Mm, I guess you've created a, a habit of it. And I just want to pick up on that point. So you've made a, sure. a habit of when your body is 
realizing this trigger point it's getting stressed it's like oh i'm going stressed and now you know that well i need to meditate now that calms me down that brings me back into a state of mind i'm happy with what do you think it was because your story is really interesting because you were say in a very unhealthy place in the way that you were treating your body you then decided to address that after the heart attack to become uh, to have a healthy lifestyle yet even when you adopted that healthy lifestyle that's what well, that's when the trigger point for your anxiety and panic attacks started to happen. So why yeah. do you think that is, that, that lifestyle change caused, you know, those panic attacks to happen? Well, I didn't deal, I didn't deal with the fact that, that the guy that was laying on the gym floor was me. I didn't deal with that. I yeah. just put it in the in a in a remote part of my brain and i left it there it's it's after the had after the five days in intensive care you know when i left the hospital um i was the same cardinal that i was before the panic attacks uh, happened six months probably six months later yeah five or six months after the heart attack and i feel it's because i've never dealt with the trauma that i had and i you know, I thought that my life would go back to be the life that I had before. But in the meantime, I was realizing that probably I would never compete as a bodybuilder um, anymore. I wasn't getting the attention that I was getting before. I couldn't work out the way. You know, when you compete as a bodybuilder, almost your entire life revolves around only one thing. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, the know, diet and the training the, plan. The diet, exactly. The diet is the diff- most difficult part, not drinking alcohol. That old cardinal didn't exist anymore. And I had a new cardinal that kind of didn't have, didn't deal with the fact that it was transitioning into a different person. And I think that the panic attack was just a way to say, hey, you know what, we have to deal with it. My, my second mission, if you want, started by saying, you know, how many people are there that just that just had the same, not exactly the same uh, situation that, that I had, the same trauma that I have, but I'm sure, you know, they're fighting their own invisible battles. And maybe I can help it by, you know, share what happened to me and how I got, you know, rid of it. Yeah, So, and it's a really powerful story, especially how you've recovered through, you know, adopting meditation techniques yourself. Mm-hmm. And it, yes. it just shows how powerful they are. Louise, do you think, you know, meditation, is this something you've heard lots of other people use? I know that certainly I've heard meditation so much mentioned in the last year or so. And people are embracing it a lot more and realizing that you can do it anywhere, anytime, like Carlos mentioned. Um, what do you think of that? And also, do you think there are any other techniques that have come up when you discuss anxiety with people? Yeah, so meditation is a word, like you say, that a lot of people associate to sitting cross-legged in a room and very silently spending hours and hours doing it and as Carlos clearly said that it's it's not like that you can do it when you're walking you can do it before you go to bed so there's also kind of it's interchangeable with the term mindfulness which again gets kind of thrown around quite a lot and there's some confusion around what it actually is or how it's benefiting so I guess a, a big difference between meditation and mindfulness is meditation you focus on your breathing and your it's very calming and mindfulness especially the way i've been kind of told about it um it's not about blocking out your thoughts it's i really like the analogy i was once told where you're sitting under a tree by a river 
and if a leaf falls off and goes in the river that's like your thought arriving but then in a river it floats away so it's fine to have those thoughts come to you but it's fine to let them go as well um so i think there's kind of some misconception that meditation is you block out everything altogether um and similarly with mindfulness but it's fine for thoughts to come to you and it's fine for them to leave again but it's just focusing on being in that moment which i think a lot of us probably struggle with with such busy lives nowadays but there's there's lots of techniques the breathing techniques that carlo mentioned um that can really help especially in a panic situation because it just makes you grounded in where you are but i guess something for from the other side of the coin is if you're next to someone having a panic attack that's i guess that's something we could talk about is like carlo said even when he first had his first panic attack he thought because it's such a physical sensation he thought it was physically related um and just being aware that actually obviously it could well be something physical don't rule that out but if it is a panic attack how do you approach someone or what do you say to them to help them calm down because that's such a it's a frightening experience if you're trying to help someone as well as if you're experiencing one um and i guess something that i can pass on perhaps from being a mental health first aider is one of the first things to say to them is do you know what's happening because quite often you're so caught up in kind of what's going on it's it's hard to appreciate what's happening to you um of course, they you might, might not say, even know that that's panic attack. They might think it's exactly. something different. Yeah, and they could think it's a heart attack. And like I said, the symptoms are so similar. Definitely don't rule it out. But if someone goes, yeah, I know it's a panic attack, then you can you can help them. You can say, right, breathe with me. If they don't know their own breathing techniques, breathe with me. And you can just look them in the eye and just slowly breathe. And you can help bring them back to at least a, a more stable point that you can then get some more help. Great advice and really interesting. I know that by... I mean, breathing, particular breathing techniques that I've heard of are about breathing from your belly, like a baby does. Um, We learn not to breathe, like, you know, when our belly rises and goes down as an adult, because obviously you try not to stick your belly out (laughs) in public, but apparently that's the best way to have controlled breathing that does calm you down. So that those sort of deep breaths in that way can really help to calm you and to reduce anxiety. Um, I'm sure there are lots of other ones out there and I think you know a quick Google can probably bring those to light but it's about also finding a technique that works for you you might find something works differently to someone else um, but that's really really useful and also it's quite a lot of people don't understand the difference between mindfulness um, and meditation and there is a difference they're both you can use them both at the same time you can use one or the other um, but they both offer you different things so it's good to explore both really um, so, Carlo, is there anything from what Louise has said that's helped you kind of deal with what you went through and helps you now that's maybe not meditation but something else that you found useful? Well, as I said, I mean, I, I took it to the next step. I'm actually, I'm actually teaching a class here. I mean, teaching is a big word, but let's just say I'm sharing a session about meditation, about what I do with, uh, with my co-workers fortnightly here at CBRE because... Uh, because I felt the need for everybody to to calm ourselves down from a from a very busy day by by breathing and by by living in the moment in that precise moment and even that is actually helping me with my own meditation because while I'm while I'm talking to you know 20 30 people in front of me I'm actually my mind can't think about anything else but what I'm saying and how to calm other people down 
um, and how to to make them realize, you know, that something very simple as 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 Luis says, something very simple as breathing that we have to do because we're doing naturally can actually help changing our outcome in life completely. It's very powerful, but it's that act of not being judgmental towards ourselves that actually makes me accept myself and my situation even more. This is what, you know, is helping me with my anxiety in every day, in every situation that I'm facing right now. Oh yeah, it's really interesting. And touching on kind of the industry you work in, in that sense, what have you found? Mm-hmm. Is it, do you think it's more difficult being in the construction industry and having to di- go through these issues? Do you find that there was a support system at work or was there nothing really there for you? And, you know, where did you find the support from your colleagues if you did? And if you didn't, what do you think we should change about that? Yeah, I mean, our our industry, the construction, the construction industry is always being defined and ruled by by male and by male figures. So it's always been an industry, you know, the stronger will survive, you know, you don't share your feelings, otherwise you're considered a wuss, you know, and I I see that things are finally and slowly changing, Um, especially in in company like, well, CBRE is a well-known company throughout the world, but the project management department here at CBRE is not too old and is very open to uh, to experiment with new ways of working and having support. That's that's when I started with the idea of you know giving support to other people because there wasn't really that much that people can um, could use actually. So um, I, I think that it's changing. Our culture is changing. I felt tremendous uh, uh, a, a push towards openness and towards talking about with mental health issue in the past three months. Uh, on, on LinkedIn, I have a, an, ash, an hashtag that says baking against anxiety. That's another technique that I use. Then maybe we could talk now or another time in which I was told that by making bread and baking cakes is actually a good way to fight anxiety, to release anxiety. and. I posted on LinkedIn and I, I, I was shocked about the the amount of reply and responses that I have from people thanking me. I, I, I was shocked, I, I speechless and shocked that so many people reach out. Yeah, and I think it takes people like you and I mean also the platform of this podcast as well. You know, we want to raise these issues and we want to get people talking more honestly and openly about these things. And it just goes to show that you know, you post something on LinkedIn or if you're talking to colleagues about it, immediately it allows other people to open up and also share their stories. And and the fact that people are saying thank you and kind of feel relieved at the fact that they can start talking about this because they've probably been hiding it and and pushing that down inside themselves as a feeling because they think, oh, no one's going to want to listen to me say that. They're going to think I'm complaining. So, you know, that's really, really interesting you say that. And I think it is changing. And I'm really glad we're having this conversation today and that you're, you're sharing your story with us. And also the baking against anxiety, that is really interesting. And I think picking up on, I guess, hobbies that people do to reduce anxiety, baking is 
great. I mean, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm good at baking, but um, I'd say it, that, it's therapeutic. Baking's therapeutic, gardening's therapeutic. You can do things like sewing um, or art. I recently, probably about a year ago, just thought, oh, I'm just going to buy a canvas and got it really cheap online and some paint. And I decided just to do some painting. And honestly, I just I got lost in this painting for you know a couple of hours and it completely zoned me out and I felt completely relaxed. I think finding something like that that you can apply yourself to that's calming is really powerful. And sometimes people don't really kind of realise it's an avenue for them to explore. Yeah, I mean, there's a few different activities I've tried. Um, like we, we've all mentioned bad days at work, stress levels rising, what can you do? Um, so I was a musician growing up. So earlier this year, I tried to teach myself the piano. Um, wasn't overly successful but again it makes you switch off it makes you focus on something um love to bake uh, and i think things like you were saying the art the baking music whatever it is you get that sense of achievement at the end of it you, you entirely switch off while doing it because you're focusing on the task at hand and then at the end you have something to admire or eat or whatever and and it really works it's helping you switch off and focus in the moment so it's very similar to meditation mindfulness you're focusing on what you're doing at that point in time but it can be something as simple as get yourself a hot drink whatever your favorite is put some music on and don't pick up your phone just be very much in the moment of i sometimes do it just literally put music on drink a coffee just very powerful not playing on my phone but you're just in the moment because the only thing you can focus on is either the music you're listening to or the thing you're drinking. Yeah, I mean, that's great advice. And I condone that to anyone that's, that is suffering at the moment with, with any of these symptoms of anxiety. So thank you very much for being a guest on the podcast, Carlo. It's been a really insightful story and also some great tools and techniques with how you've dealt with anxiety. So we've talked about meditation, breathing techniques, mindfulness and then also picked up at the end there on on hobbies and what you can do to distract yourself so thank you so much for sharing your story we hope it encourages other people to share their stories and please remember to email your feedback questions to constructingmindsets at gmail.com we can answer anything you have or any topics you'd like to see mentioned in the podcast and also please remember to rate review and subscribe so until next time thank you for listening